We send the promo how much fun it is. We always look forward to talking to Tom Kelly, and he joins us right now. Good morning, Skipper, and uh, your thoughts on uh, the most recent uh, games that the Twins have played where they've actually gotten some uh, well-needed support from the bullpen, which has been a question before that. Good morning. Uh, every player on the team is very important, Dave, as you know, Mike knows, and the people in the bullpen, uh, everybody has to contribute if you're going to have success. Uh uh, in the big picture. So, again, uh, having all them spokes, you know, you heard me speak about the wheel and having your spokes in the wheel and and the tire, the wheel, it rolls perfectly when all the spokes are working. So uh, if you break a few spokes along the way, well, you're going to have a little bit of a bumpy ride. So, again, uh, everybody needs to contribute and and certainly that's not going to happen every day, but uh, for the most part, in the grand scheme of things, uh, if they do well somewhat consistently, you're probably going to have some success. But I still caution that we need to pitch better in the beginning of the games to not abuse these people on the other side of that. So, again, uh, pitching into the game with the starters is uh, paramount, and uh Again, keeping the bullpen people in position, uh, that's the key. And if we can do that, we should be okay. But, again, uh, the starters, I really believe, need to pitch into the game a little bit more. So, Tom, when a guy like Barreo, so you know he has ability, all those things, and he's, he had a few starts now where he scuffled. From a manager's standpoint, if the guy is healthy, if his arm is good, so you're not worried about that, what do you look for in terms of if he goes into a mini slump like this? What does what a manager and a pitching coach, how do you try to study him without overreacting? Well, I, I think we always looked, the first thing we looked at was the location. Uh, if he has trouble locating the ball, no matter who the pitcher is, um, including Berrios, uh, everybody, all the pitchers, if they're missing with their location, uh, that's a pretty good indicator that something's up. You know, we saw Dyson come his first start, uh, first time he pitched out of the bullpen for us, he was missing with his location and not getting the ball in the strike zone, and he's a guy that throws plenty of strikes. So something has to be click in your head and say, wait a minute here, something might be a little fluey. And um, so we always looked at location. Uh, the drop in velocity is another um, indicator that something might be uh, a little bit wrong. Um, so there's there's a few indicators, but the main two for me personally were location, number one, and then the lack of velocity would be another one. So uh, uh, those are the things that uh, should send up some red flags. But in Jose's case, uh, now last night I thought he threw some decent fastballs. Uh, I agree with uh, Roy Smalley and and uh, Timmy Loudner. They both uh, were on TV last night talking about uh, um, maybe uh, getting rid of that uh uh, two-seam fastball because it's a hard pitch to control and it uh, seems to get them in more trouble than help. Uh, the four-seam fastball is good enough as it is and if he could just locate it properly and then the breaking ball is devastating and his changeup is another 
pretty damn good pitch, so um, maybe eliminating the two-seamer would help. Uh, again, that's for those fellows to decide down there, Rocco and Mr. Johnson, and, and uh, they're smart guys, so they can figure that out. Tom, a lot of time, money, and energy is spent on figuring out who the top 10, 20 prospects are. Anybody's minor league system at the beginning of the year would have been impossible to find Lewis Arise's name on that list, but uh, he's had a remarkable uh, career, short career as it is, since he got called up. Your thoughts on this guy who's come on and, and made a great first impression on the Twins? Yeah, he, uh, well, we know all the stories now, but uh, uh, watching him hit uh, and the way he's hit, uh, throughout his minor league career, uh, you know, a little light should go off, say this guy's pretty good, and uh, uh, finding a spot to play is next, and and uh, second base seems to be his forte, and uh, uh, he runs the bases fine, seems to me, uh, from what I've seen, and uh, he plays defense uh, pretty good, so uh, there's you know, I, I think all the publicity in those minor league things go to the uh, the number one, two guys. Uh, some of the players that don't get drafted very high or or brought over uh, to play ball from uh, Dominican and and whatnot, they they get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Uh, those fellows and and there's some pretty good players there. There's no question about it. It was so much fun. I remember down in minor league camp, Dave, where uh, years ago, uh, they were always ready to uh, work and get to get better and improve, and uh, it was a lot of fun to work with the, the young kids uh, wherever they were from. But uh, again, uh, they, if you're not a number one, two, three, four guy, you, you can get lost a little bit in the publicity end of it. But there's plenty of talent down there. Doesn't you don't have to be picked uh, first or second to make it to the major leagues? That's for sure. Tom, when you see Miguel Sano hit that ball on the outside part of the plate uh, to right center field for home runs, he's yeah. done it a few times. It can be done. Yeah, is is that is that a big step for him? Well, <laughs> it's a step that uh, you wish he would have took uh, two years ago. <laughs> you know, my goodness, come on, Mikey. I mean. The thing that you know makes you question what what's he doing is 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 he had some players in the league, uh, Cabrera, uh, guys from you know the native country that that hit the ball to the opposite field and hit it hard and hit it a long way and and I've seen him do that so much in the minor leagues where he hit the ball to right center center field. And, of course, left field, he'd go a long way. And why he got to the big leagues and, and felt like he had to pull everything, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm not around for that. But um, to have people playing right in front of him and, you know, just sitting on the other side of the dugout, uh, the other dugout, I mean, and watching them hit the ball, uh, and, and everybody's watching, you know, everybody. Cabrera comes up, you watch. And uh, to see him do the things that he did throughout his career and not try to emulate some of that uh, is beyond me. So uh, 
Well, the best news is that he's doing it now. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the, that's the important thing, and what's going on right now is what counts. And uh, he started to do some of that, and you know, even David Ortiz hit the ball left. Finally, hit some balls to left field, and at Fenway Park, and hit him off the monster and over the monster, of course. But to have uh, people do that and him not be able to pick up on some of that was, uh, I think, disappointing for everybody. But uh, he's certainly doing it now, and and that's what counts. Thomas agreed to uh, stick with us for two segments. Quick break here, and we'll uh, follow up with some additional questions right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back talking to Tom Kelly. Tom, there's all kinds of books written and a great baseball irony. They've been written on the subject of baseball's unwritten rules. We had a demonstration that the other night, Jay Cave, 3-0, late in the game, swings, gets a hit, and then swings come up the next inning. Somebody gets hit. Where do you come out on things like that? I think a lot of people watching the game said, well, whoever leads off uh, better be hanging loose in there because the pitch going to come high and inside. Well, it's so much different now, Dave, than it was uh, many years ago. There's a lot of things that uh, uh, you grew up with, I grew up with, that uh, uh, applied. Um, I remember talking with Paul Molitor, uh, oh, last year, year, whatever, and uh, he was talking about how things have changed, and, and you know, and, and he's younger than me, but not that much, but he he grew up with a lot of the same uh, thoughts about the game, and and he he told me a lot of that stuff's gone now. So uh, that's different, and and uh, we have to get used to it. Uh, I think the score depends on a lot of things. Um, personally, this is my just my opinion. If you're winning by seven runs or six runs, uh, five probably. Uh, a swing in three and zero is uh, probably a no-no. Uh, bunting, of course, would be a no-no. Uh, there, there's there's some things there that uh, I believe in, but uh, a lot of those things are gone now, and the game has changed, and and uh, you have to accept it. Now, again, there's I'm sure they still have a few things about uh, when they throw at somebody or not, and. And, uh, you know, if your guy gets thrown at intentionally, I'm sure somewhere down the line uh, may not be the next inning or this game, but it might be a game later in the season. Depends on what situation you're in. You know, if you're fighting for a pennant, you certainly don't want your starting pitcher the the next day to come out and, and drill somebody uh, and maybe get thrown out of the game or start a ruckus and, and somebody gets hurt, so you have to wait. Now, I remember uh, waiting uh, probably a year before I got somebody back. I remember that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was more than a year, actually. So it was the spring training. Something happened in the spring training game, and uh, we waited a year, the following year, and got got the guy so uh you know so you you know you depends what kind of situation you're in and uh whether you want you have to have the right pitcher to do these things you don't want young kids doing these things because uh, they don't know how uh you you want uh, uh the veteran pitcher to handle the situation and he knows how to do things so 
there's a lot that goes into it. You just don't fly out there the next inning and drill somebody. I, I don't think. That's just my opinion. Tom, the Cleveland Indians are, you know, they got their hands full of the Yankees, obviously, right now. But uh, when you look at Kluber, Carrasco's throwing batting practice now, uh, just assess them, what you saw when they played the Twins and, and, and how well built are they for the last six weeks here? Well, the, you know, their the bullpen's pretty good, Mike, and uh, I think they have to get Kluber built up uh, before he's uh, ready to go, uh, per se. Uh, Carrasco would help. I guess they're aiming for. September to uh, maybe uh, get these two fellows in full gear, uh, ready to go. Uh, uh, if Carrasco comes back, boy, you have to admire that fellow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, uh, uh, you know, I, I think they got a, enough hitting and, and defense, and and uh, I, I certainly think they're going to play well and, and and do a good job, whether they're able to catch uh, – the twins, I'm not sure, but uh, uh, so we have to remain consistent in, in what we're doing and uh, here and, and uh, win our share of the games and and uh, let Cleveland try to catch. Now the big thing is they're three behind in the loss column, and uh, that's a, a you know it's a good number for Twins fans, but uh, I always felt four was the, the number that you need to get to. If you have the lead, if you're four ahead, uh, um, you you certainly have, I think, a big advantage. Uh, three is uh, is doable, but four would make it really tough. Uh, now, when when you like Cleveland yesterday, they lost the ball game, close game, six uh, five, I think. Uh, but well, more importantly, you lose the game on the schedule, so. Uh, it's sort of a double whammy there. So, you know, the games get you, you know, you run out of games and, and uh, you don't, your number still stays the same. So it's, uh, or you lose one like last yesterday. But uh, so it's, uh, they're, you know, we're in a good spot. There's no question about it, but I'd like to see it get to that four. Tom Kelly, it's always a pleasure. I can't tell how much I look forward to whenever I know you're going to be on because we n- never fail to have a session where you don't learn something. We'll okay. figure out off the air who that guy was you got back at a year and a half later, but that leave a lot uh, of suspense you, you, out you, there. You really have to do some research. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, he did play for the Twins. Whoa, okay. good story. We can go, be going through, people will be going through the book, texting us the rest of the way. Sid came in a minute ago. We'll get you on those Murray certificates. That's thanks okay. so much. Don't worry about the Murray. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Tom. All right. Much appreciated. Have a good thanks, Tom. Tom Kelly, back uh, after this. And then also a substitution. We've got Derek Falvey We're joining us. So we thought that'll be me, Derek Falvey. That'll be about 10.05. You're listening to the Sports Huddle. Sid, David, Mike. Mike, one thing I'm sure is we've got a number of our listeners out there going, hmm, took a year and a half to get back at the guy, and he ultimately wound up playing for the Twins. Who could that have been? You know, and I'm lost on that one. I am too. I can't, but... wait, to, I can't wait to see Mr. Kelly or somebody in, you know, on, the, on the QT. He had a smile on his voice when, yeah. he, when he responded to that one. Not, sometimes you ask a question, you anticipate one answer, you get another one, and Tom said, it's not always immediate, That's but right. you don't forget. And, and, and it is funny because you hear that about their back pocket and, you know, uh, just yesterday, Gonzalez got into a little bit. The the bench yeah. was cleared. He just pounded his bat. I don't think he was trying to show up anybody, uh, but it was perceived as. And of course, he's been hotter than a pistol, so I'm sure they're not happy with 
Texas is trying to get him out, and they're having a tough time. But that you know, those little things trigger things, and, and the memory banks are unbelievable at that level. You know, you look at what's going on with the Twins, and we'll certainly get into this with uh, Derek Falvey. You know, they're doing this in the last uh, two weeks without Cruz and without Buxton. And yeah. when you figure where they're going to fit back, see what Ostadio was doing down yep. in the minor leagues. They got some, uh, now Gratterall they're talking about. There might be some interesting lineup changes on uh, September 1. I ran to Buxton uh, two days ago at the Vikings training camp. He was out there watching and uh, visited with him briefly. And, uh, uh, I mean, he looks good, you know, but obviously if you got a shoulder, you got a shoulder. But if they get he and Cruz back, uh, I mean, they're already an offensive juggernaut. Uh, to me, you're good there, you know, and you get them back, you're really good. And But you, as Tom Kelly pointed out, starting pitching. Now, now we're getting greedy, I get it. But yeah. we're going, how do you match up in the playoffs, right? Absolutely. And so right now they don't match up real well with Houston or New York in the playoffs just based on starting pitching. Yeah, no doubt about it. Another test uh, today of a starter who's had trouble since the yep. All-Star break. Thank heavens what Rizzi came around and gave him a really good performance yep. when they needed one. All right, we're going to be a run out of time here in about 10 seconds. We'll start things out with Derek Falvey. That'll be about 10.05, 10.06. We'll ask more of these Twins questions. Fun to keep the topic there. Then we'll get Vikings and others. All of that follows right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike.